0: Hello, everybody. It's been a hot minute, but welcome back to Dragon Digest. After uh, months of just not making anything, uh, we're back, and we've got a good one for you, so I uh, hope you're having a great day. Right next to me on audio is Ryan Wilbert. How's it going, Ryan?
1: I'm doing great, Jamie. How are you?
0: I'm doing fine. Uh, Diagonal of me, we have our other co host, Raymond Valentine. How's it going, Jamie? How are you doing? I'm doing fine. How about yourself?
2: Not too bad. Not too bad.
0: And finally, today's special guest, the one, the only, Mr. Ross
3: Stowers. Hello, everybody. Thanks for inviting me.
0: Oh, it's a pleasure to have you. Thank you for being on. So, starting everything off uh, like normal. So, just who are you? You know, what do you do here at Lake Orion? What's your job title? What What do you do, really?
3: Sure, I'm a teacher in the science department. My subjects this year are astronomy, zoology, and biology, and that's just like a tiny fraction of what I do.
0: Hmm. What else you got? <laughs> Nothing. No. <laughs> a tiny fraction, and it's one hundred percent. Have you ever
2: yep. taught any other classes besides those three? Or? I have. Yeah.
3: Over the years, um, you know, I had a geology class, an environmental science class, some ACT prep, different things like that every now and then. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the tiny part I was talking about was, like, in the past, you know, I've done the, the uh, paintball club and run the scoreboard for the freshman and JV football games
0: and, you know,
3: archery clubs, stuff like that.
0: C- can we run that back? There was a paintball club at one point? There was. Where and did it go? And well, how do we bring
3: it back? <laughs> well, uh, talk to uh, who's our, our gap guy uh, Kimball, uh, I think. Mr. Kimball, yep. So you just got to get somebody to sponsor it. I got too old to be doing it. Um, but what we did was every other weekend um, in the fall we would start and we went up to Metamora and we played paintball outside and then in the winter time when it when the weather got bad we uh, played indoors and at the time there were um, Warehouses in Pontiac and in Walled Lake that we would travel to and uh, Yeah, we go and play paintball every couple of weeks. It was fun Wow
0: <laughs> I, I'm still just flabbergasted that there was a paintball club. Yep. like Who's thought to start that, is what I'm wondering.
3: Well, like all the clubs here at Lake Orion, you, know, you get a group of you know, a few students together that want to do it, they have a common interest, and you
1: find a teacher to sponsor it,
0: and you I, can do it. I need to find the names. I need to figure out who did this.
1: <laughs> I mean, I've got to ask, like, why did you then accept it? Do you play paintball yourself then a lot, or is it just... I used to, yeah. Okay. I'll say I'm retired now. <laughs> <laughs> a past career.
0: Yes. So of the multiple classes you teach, Joe, which one's your favorite, would you say?
3: I think uh, zoology is probably my favorite. It's the one I've taught the most, I've been teaching the longest, and I just like animals and everything about them. And then uh, astronomy would run a close second. I like that a lot too.
0: Fair enough. So how did you get into teaching like, exactly? What in your life led you to decide, I want to be a teacher, and then specifically I want to teach things like zoology and astrology and biology and astronomy. really just go into science
1: Astronomy, in Jamie.
0: Did I say astrology? You said yes. astrology. Oh, There's a difference.
1: Wow.
3: Yeah, I know. And all of the Libras in the room are not happy. <laughs> it's true. Oh, so both my mom and my dad were high school teachers. So as I was growing up, I, you know, saw teachers around all the time. And they knew everything that was going on at school. I'd come home and I wouldn't have my math book. And they'd say, Don't you have a math test tomorrow? I'm like, How are you supposed to know that? Right, right? They would t- talk to my Teachers, And so then when I was heading off to college, they said, you should be a teacher, it's a great career. And being 18 years old, I immediately said, nope, not gonna do that because I know way more than they do. (laughs) So I went and did uh, some other things for a while. Um, Right out of college, I was in biomedical research. It was a beginning job, so I wasn't doing a lot of the research. I was supplying the the bio part, um, animals, and then uh, came back, that was out in the Boston area, Came back to Michigan and got into the glamorous field of hazardous waste treatment and disposal because Ooh. I got, it, got into the lab setting. That was the only thing that kind of transferred back as far as my skills went. And then uh, after enduring some corrupt uh, employers for a number of years, I decided, eh, nah, maybe I wanna go do something else. So uh, to their credit, my mom and dad have never said, we told you so, but I think they kind of smirk when they know that I'm a teacher now.
2: So what, what do you enjoy most about teaching? Like what draws you most to it?
3: Hanging out with the kids. I mean, doing a podcast after school with students, seeing the students in the plays, in the music, in the, you know, the concerts, the art shows. I mean, the talent in the building that the students have is unbelievable to me because I have very little talent in so many areas. So I'm always amazed, you know, when I see students performing whether it's athletic field or anywhere else. Cause you know, you, you see students in the classroom, And I see their talents in that way, but um, I enjoy, you know, hanging around the students and and seeing them outside of the classroom also. It uh, keeps me young and I just made a face because you can't see it on the podcast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, So, so, so what did, though, like get you into like So you said you started off with like biomedical research? Yes. What was it that like sort of drove you to think like that's something you might want to get into to then get into teaching zoology and just like the more life sciences? Sure.
3: Well, I I grew up in kind of a rural community. So hunting and fishing and and things like that um, was kind of natural for me. So when I went to school, I got a biology degree and I graduated and I had zero idea what I was going to do with a biology degree. But I got married right after college. My wife got a job out in Boston. So this is far enough in the past, there was no internet and all that stuff. You just look in the newspaper at the little classified ads and somebody was looking for um, a person to work in this lab, this biomedical research lab. So I got hired uh, to take care of the animals. I would uh, change their beddings, feed them, water them, take good care of them until they needed, you know, whatever part from the animal so that they could make medicines to make our lives better. And, uh, then they would have me do my job. <laughs> Sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah, it, it was not, it was not bad. The interview was interesting because my boss was originally from Minnesota and he knew I was coming out from Michigan. So we sit down and I'm waiting for the interview to start. We're just talking, hunting and fishing, telling all these stories. And really the interview was going because he was asking, you know, if I processed my own deer, if I gutted my own fish, you know, if I did all of these sorts of things, because I was going to be a part of my job. And I didn't know I was being interviewed until well into the interview.
1: Now, do you have any fun stories? Because you say you have gutted a fish and and and, you know killed a deer and things like this. Like what's your favorite story relating to something like that?
3: (laughs) Well, uh, yeah, we don't have time for all the hunting fishing stories. Oh but but when we we could. We could. (laughs) We could. could. But uh, when I was living out there in Boston with my new wife. Um, one of the animals that I was caring for, um, were, uh, chicks, chickens. And so they'd be in the egg and they would use their spinal cord for some sort of research, whatever they're doing. You know, they're working on cystic fibrosis and cancer and all sorts of different things, but they couldn't use the, um, uh, chickens, you know, after they got to be a certain age. So, you know, you'd go home on a Friday and you come back on Monday and some of the eggs had hatched. So now you got all these little chickens. So what do you do with them? Hey, take them home and you put them in your one room. Apartment in Boston until they're large enough to eat.
2: You Had them in your apartment? Well, I did.
3: How many were there? Well, at various times, my it didn't last a long time because my wife wasn't a big fan. But we just like cordoned off the little kitchen that had little tile floor and all uh-huh. that. I think probably the most we ever had was maybe eight. Wow, in a one-room apartment,
0: you said? Yep.
2: It's a bit of a tight squeeze there. <laughs> yeah, that's.
0: <laughs> how how hey. demanding was it to like? try and provide for eight chickens, yourself, your wife, in a single room apartment in Boston. Well, How, how would you describe the experience on a scale of like one to 10? It was a piece of cake,
3: 10. Uh, you know, you put the cornmeal and the water down for the, the chickens and then you, know, you go out and do other things and be tourist and, and, see, sure. and see Boston sure. and you just gotta go home to sleep. And you don't live with any chickens now, right?
1: No, my neighbor has chickens. Would you do it again though? No, but you said it was a 10 out of 10 experience. Well, yes,
3: but I also want to remain married. <laughs> she would not have given it a 10. It's me or the chickens.
1: <laughs> now, do you keep any other animals at your home now? Do you have I, any pets? We just have one dog
3: right now, a little scruffy mutt, you know, adopted from the, uh, the, uh, shelter. Um, that's the only one right now. We've had a couple of cats in the past night. I think I might like cats better than dogs, even though I grew up as a dog person. The cat earns its keep. You know, it's out there catching chipmunks and mice and stuff, and the dog just eats and makes a mess and has to go to the
0: vet all the time. (laughs) How about any good, like, uh, teaching stories you got?
1: Hmm. Hmm. Hmm.
0: What kind of stories are you looking for? Any and all.
3: (laughs)
2: Animal-related stories in zoology, maybe? Well,
3: you know, in zoology, we we run the mice mazes, right? We run the, the mazes, uh, Teach our mice how to run through. And so at the end of that, um, students can adopt their mouse and take it home. So, this coming, uh, I don't know, another month or so, when we run them again, one of my students who took two mice home previously is going to bring me 30 mice because the two they took home were not both the same sex. Oh, wow. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Huh. So that sometimes happens. Uh, you know, you send mice home with people, and then you get emails from parents and saying, why is this mouse getting bigger and bigger every day? And, oh, now we have 12 mice. And so, well. <laughs> so what would you do with, like, a surplus of mice like that? Well, uh, normally, I pick them up from, you know, the pet store. And then after we're done using them, if they're not adopted by students, the pet store takes them back. Um, but... Hopefully no surplus would adopt them all out. I just need to make sure you only get one so that you don't end up with 30.
2: <laughs> no, I remember one, I, cause I had your zoology class last year. I, I remember you telling a story one time, I believe it was about a raccoon that you found uh, somewhere around your house or in your oh garage boy. maybe. So is this whole podcast gonna be me
0: killing animals?
1: I, I mean, oh. <laughs> if, if the story's interesting. Yeah. Uh, okay, you can cut it, right? You can, you can <laughs> yeah. edit things out. I mean,
0: last time we had Polonki talk about his uh, deer dissection story. So. Yeah, that was, it got a bit uh, descriptive at times. I, I so. think we'll be fine. <laughs> okay.
3: Yeah, so my son, when he was yeah. eight or nine or something, relatively young, uh, we were going to have some of his friends over for a little birthday party, and there had been an ice storm the night before. And so... It was on a weekend just before people started to arrive the dog started going nuts barking in the garage and so i go out there and there's a raccoon in the garage so i bring the dog in leave the garage door up figuring the raccoon will leave but it didn't um and so then i go out and i literally had a push broom and i'm trying to to push him out of the garage there he wasn't quite right in the head he had been hit by a branch or he'd fallen out of the tree or something and landed on his head so anyway this Raccoon did not want to leave and just about this time when I'm trying to get him out with the push broom, parents start to arrive and dropping off their other eight and nine year old kids. I'm thinking, oh, they're not going to leave the raccoon alone and all this sort of thing. So um, I grabbed the baseball bat, you know, that when you, when you hit it, make a a solid hit with that aluminum bat.
0: I'm sorry, a baseball bat?
3: Yep. Just a little tunk on the head. (laughs)
1: Would oh, you do and, that again, though? <laughs> well, if you have to.
3: The, the rest of the story maybe that Raymond is thinking of is we were probably looking at, like, the skulls that I have in my classroom and things like that. So after I did this, of course, I grabbed the shovel and I carried the raccoon out and I throw it way in the back of the property behind the wood pile. And months and months later, my son is out playing in the woods and he comes across all these bones and he brings him in the house, and he spreads the newspaper out on top of the ping pong table in the basement. He's reassembling this thing, and, Dad, Dad, come and take a look at it. I think it's a raccoon. And I go over and I look, and it's completely missing the top of its skull. I'm like, I think you're Just right. flashbacks, <laughs> the time you <laughs> swung that bat. I can see the bat in yep. on
1: it. He found the raccoon. So do you not like raccoons all that much? I don't have anything against
0: them. It's fair. Just
1: stay out of the garage. I know Jamie here likes raccoons a lot. I do. Oh. mistaken.
0: I do, I'd say they're one of my favorites.
1: What's your favorite animal, Mr. Sowers?
3: Probably a white-tailed deer. Mm-hmm. I like to watch them when they're just out and about and I like to hunt for them with a bow and with a gun, so mm-hmm. wow.
0: they're tasty. Just don't try and hunt them with a the car.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I, I did that once. Earlier, uh, well not this school year, last school year, I got one on the way to school.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. yep. You said deer are tasty, aren't Sure, they?
1: yeah.
3: You
2: don't, don't like venison? I've never, I've never had deer. well, venison's good, yeah. Have you ever had, have you ever had any other, like, foods that people, other animals that people
3: wouldn't normally eat? That people would normally eat? Lots of people normally eat deer, but, yeah, but
2: like, to
1: me, it doesn't seem... It's not all that common. Okay, well,
3: with me growing up in a, more of a rural community, and like I said, I grew up hunting and fishing, so, Yeah. yeah, you eat the fish you catch. I mean, now we do some more catch and release than we ever used to, but... Pheasants, ducks, turkeys, deer, squirrels, rabbits, that might be about it. What does a squirrel taste like? Eh, It's a lot of work for a little meat. Yeah, I assume it would be. They're not my favorite, (laughs) but it tastes fine. Everything tastes
1: like chicken, right?
0: (laughs) Man's got a large palate.
1: (laughs) Now, um, so then you say you go hunting, so that's probably why you uh, for a bit ran archery club. What was that like then? Well, that was one of the more interesting clubs because
3: I was a little worried about safety, oh, you know, yeah. With the paintball club, you know, people are wearing their helmets as long as they keep their helmets down. We're going to paintball fields. They were checking the speed of the paintballs, making sure, you know, they had officials and all of that kind of stuff, referees, but with the archery club, um, Mr. Bendel and I, I'm not sure if Mr. Palanke went with us or not. I can't remember. Anyway, we went and got some special training, um, in, in safety and, you know, kind of the technique, how to, how to show kids, how to do it. And then we came back, but I was always just sort of afraid some kid would get a wild idea to just sort of, you know, point that bow toward the sky and let an arrow fly over top of the school or something. That'd that'd be scary. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I always worried about that just a little bit during archery. It never
0: happened. Sounds like something someone would do.
3: (laughs) Well, you never know. Kids are impulsive sometimes. That's true. (laughs) How long did that run for then? I don't know, maybe four or five years. Mm-hmm. At one point, I was doing the archery club after school. I was also doing uh, community ed archery that they have over at the circ Building. And I was also doing the, that was at the same time that I was doing the freshman football games and the JV football games, running the scoreboard. So, you know, every night I had something going after school, but... Uh, Then the pandemic hit and a lot of things got shut down and I just never really picked them up. I grew old during the pandemic or something. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) Well time does move forward so. Yeah.
0: So we've talked a lot about like what you do at school, how you got here, but what do you do outside of school, you know, clue us in on the Mr. Stowers that most students don't really get to see. Okay. Um,
3: just about anything outdoors. Um, I hear that you're a big phone person. You like to use your phone for a lot of things. He does, he does use his phone a lot. And,
0: that is true. Excuse me? <laughs> have I been gossiped about now? Is this, is this, <laughs> no, this is just common this knowledge, this is this thing Jamie. Now? Common knowledge,
3: okay. But uh, oftentimes when students first get into my class, they say, is it true that you don't have a cell phone? And that's true.
0: I'm sorry, what now?
3: No, I,
2: told you, I told you. I told you would have wow. a reaction wow. like that.
0: I, yeah. did,
3: huh? So... I also, listen, think about this. I also have students that tell me they're so busy, so busy, so busy. They don't have enough time in their day to do all the things they'd like to do. So imagine if you didn't go on your phone to do whatever you're doing on social media, how much time you'd have to do all those things you don't have time to do. That's true. Fair play. Yeah. Yep. So I read, uh, Put her around outside in the yard, during hunting seasons, I like to spend time, you know, what better place to sit in the top of a tree in the fall, you know, bow hunting, watch all the critters go by. The weather's beautiful. Sunsets. It's fun.
1: Now, do you just not have a phone or do you have like other technology at all? Or is it just, well,
3: I'm, I'm, I'm not a big technology person, mm-hmm. um, so. We have a TV, but we don't have cable or satellite or anything like that. It's just you know the free over-the-air TV. Don't spend a ton of time watching it. Um, my wife, so I guess going back before my wife, uh, not, my kids graduated from high school. Keep in mind they graduated in ten and twelve, so it was a little into everybody having a phone and all that kind of stuff. And and but there weren't all that many lessons and things like that that teachers had anybody doing online. So when my kids graduated from high school, we didn't have internet at our house. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have cell phones. They graduated from high school and didn't have a cell phone. But when my daughter went off to college, she and my wife each got a phone so they could communicate. And then a couple of years later when my son went, he got a phone. So I do have cell phone access, right? Yeah. If uh, somebody needs to get a hold of me, you know, my son or daughter can call my wife or text my wife and say, hey, tell dad this. Which is
0: what how it happens wow so then what was it like uh so when the pandemic started you know and like everyone was sent home and we had to start doing things online Mm -hmm. what was that like
3: it was a learning curve (laughs) um and i still am not very good at it like a lot of teachers you know use a lot of technology and a lot of apps and a lot of different things and the students you know again with all of their talents they just pick it up and they do it and uh, I'm not all that good at it, so I try and I do what I have to do and I get by, but I'm not very good at it. I don't think.
2: And I do feel like your classes would be more hands-on classes. Besides, true, yeah. I yeah, mean, there's some like classes stuology. you can't really
0: do online, <laughs> and yeah. I feel like some of those would be like some of the harder ones cause it's like, what are you gonna do? Just like look at diagrams? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, there's some
3: virtual dissections, you know, where you click on the heart.
0: Clicks. It's not the same. Not no. This one is the, it's, it's it's the, the, the real the thing. You don't get the smell. <laughs> that is true. Yep. So speaking of that, like what animals do you dissect in zoology?
3: Yeah. So it's a 20 week class. Mm-hmm. So the first half we study invertebrates. So we, study, we uh, dissect an earthworm and a crayfish and
2: uh, squid.
3: Squid, yes. I've heard that one's really bad. Well, the, the bad being the odor. Yeah. Right? yeah. And so you can't make a squid that doesn't smell like fish and you can't make a shark that doesn't smell like fish. We end up dissecting sharks also. And pigeons. What kind? It's a 28 inch, uh, spotted dogfish shark. <laughs> yep. So those are fun. We just dissected yesterday, dissected mud puppies. It's a salamander kind of a thing for all of you that just heard puppy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, do you, where do you get all the animals to then dissect in class? They, they have companies that raise them and sell them okay, specifically good. for yeah, classroom
3: dissections and educational purposes.
0: Yep. That would be an interesting business to get into. <laughs> yeah,
3: I wouldn't mind working there when I get retired, right? Just like before, when I started out, feed the animals, water the animals, take care of the animals, ship them off to Lake Orin High School. <laughs> What goes around comes around. <laughs> yeah. Hey, now that I got thinking about that first job again, uh, I mentioned, you know, they were working on curing cystic fibrosis and cancer and all of those sorts of things. The scariest part of that job was I had to grow more cancerous tumors. And the way that was done was with a mouse. And so we would, you know, blend up and liquefy this cancerous tumor. And then I would put a measured amount into a syringe. And I had to give these mouse mice uh shots in the back hip.
0: And so that you t- just gave them cancer.
3: Yes. And the the, can- the tumor would double in size every day. You know, when it got to be about the size of a golf ball, then we would remove it. And that's what they were you know trying to cure cancer, using right. cancerous cells.
0: And yeah, fair enough. Yeah.
3: And the, the students, sometimes I, I'll tell, like Raymond said, you know, I mentioned some of these stories in class and I'll tell students and they're like, oh, the poor animals and things. And, and I agree, you know, I'm all for treating animals well. But, you know, people first, maybe. Oh. If we can make some good uh, discoveries and, and uh, cure some things, that would be fine.
1: And, yeah, who else are we going to test it on? We probably don't want to test it on other people. <laughs> no. <laughs> That'd be... No. But, and when I mentioned the scary part, I was always worried, always worried I was going to miss that
3: mouse's hip and get it in my own hand. Uh-oh. And that was the end of that. Right? So, yeah, that
0: would not be, be ideal. No. <laughs> I'm going to need a check. Like, Has that ever happened to somebody? <laughs> I want to know now. You've got your cell phone there. You can check. Yeah, now I've got to check (laughs) afterwards. (laughs) Speaking of which, this is about time to wrap it up. Uh, Mr. Stowers, I thank you for coming on here. It was a pleasure to have you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Raymond, Ryan, it was a pleasure having you join me as always. Thank
2: you, Jamie. Of course, Jamie. Mm -hmm.
0: And uh, hopefully now we should actually be getting a uh, schedule of this happening uh, every other week. So uh, look out for that. Uh, If it doesn't... You know who to blame. <laughs>
1: blame Jameson.
0: Blame me. Jameson Fanning. Jameson <laughs> the Fanning. The one, the only.
1: Contact him on Teams. At Jameson Fanning.
0: <laughs> <laughs> probably find me on Discord. <laughs> uh, and, well, thank you for tuning in for WDBC. This is Jameson Fanning signing off.